two-week hiatus, we are back. The clubhouse doors have swung wide open, breathing that fresh, fresh air. It's the Club Cool Podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Dudley, and Mr. Phil Battaglia, a.k.a. Phil, spelled F-I-L-L, <laughs> right. is here with me. Hey. How, how was your trip, Phil? It was, it was fantastic. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad to be back. It looked like you got to do some cool stuff. We did. Maybe some fancy restaurants in there? Yes. That, that's what it looked like to me. So, to talk about restaurants, in fact, this little ditty is the restaurant episode. We've brought on Austin restaurateur Matthew Cisneros. What's up, Matt? Here I am. First time on the on the show. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, it absolutely. It is the first time. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm happy to have you. I, uh, I actually I, I tried to sneak you on last second last week in, the, in Phil's absence. But then I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? This this would be a better three person conversation anyway. So I'm glad that we could uh, make this happen so so soon already. We all go and, way uh, back anyway. We, we all go way back. We've, yep. uh, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm I'm breaking out into an aside right here right now. Just first two minutes at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting on a tangent. I got an email from Condé Nast Traveler. Okay. Didn't care about the eleven like photos that'll make you change your perspective on the world and like the best B- Airbnbs in oh. in Nice, France. Didn't yeah. care. What I wanted to see was Charlotte's 15 hottest bars, like <laughs> <laughs> the 15 best bars in Charlotte. And I went on there for one specific reason, yeah, to make sure that Selwyn Pub it was there, wasn't it? Yeah, Absolutely, of course. yes. Yeah. It is like shout it out is. Selwyn it's Pub. shout out Selwyn Pub in Charlotte. It's well known as like a Charlotte institution. And I picked up a new note about our favorite Selwyn Pub. Apparently, Michael Jordan. Loves the pizza from Selwyn Pub. I love the pizza from Selwyn. That Pub. is like that's a that's a rumor in Charlotte. It's a hot pie. It's a hot pie, and <laughs> and literally because, I mean, numerous times I've burnt the roof right off my mouth. We, kept we've going. all been there together, and I will not forget ordering pizza and literally yeah. handing it to somebody, knowing like you're about to get your shit burned. <laughs> <laughs> and I wait a couple minutes, but they get burned. It's worth it. Yep, it is. It is. It's good. It's. I mean, it's. It's maybe the, it's the best bar pizza yeah. I think that I can name. Yep, absolutely. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you ever find yourself in Charlotte for work or uh, or just for leisure, then you definitely got to hit up. And it's up. in a great area too. Yes, good good spot, uh-huh. good neighborhood spot. But um, you know, the three of us we we spent some time in Charlotte. We we had to to pick places to go. We had to pick restaurants, and that's uh, that's what we're going to talk about on the back half of this podcast is is how we go about finding the places that we want to go once we've got a trip kind of on the books. Uh, but first, I wanted to just talk a little bit uh, with Matt about what it's actually like to own and operate a restaurant. Matt, you are the proprietor of legendary, iconic Cisco's. Correct. Here in Austin, Texas. I am. What's the, what's, is, what is the actual full name? Is it Cisco's Bakery? Cisco's Restaurant, Bakery, and Bar. Cisco's Restaurant, Bakery, and Bar. All right. the above. So that's, it was founded in 1950 by my, my grandfather, um, which, very long story short, he operated a bar in there, not legally. Bar was still <laughs> in the name. Um, his dad owned a bakery in Austin called Sunshine Bakery in, in the 1930s. And so he kind of took that element into Cisco's and, and produced bread and all that stuff that was very popular in, in the neighborhood. Um, so that name still exists today. It's it's honestly kind of funny that we don't have a full bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to add that element back into it very soon. But um, yeah, the name is what it is, and it's it's always stuck. You get to put you get to leave bakery in there simply on the merit of the biscuits alone. Yeah, yep. for sure. Which uh, you actually the, the my first time at Cisco's with you, you ordered them. Is it grilled or is grilled it, toasted? Same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. To, and it, like it's just it's absolutely life changing. Oh man, you, what get are, the, you get the jelly on there. Ooh, yeah. They have. Um, that's such a pro order getting them grilled. Yep. And yeah. they have what I first thought was um, mustard <laughs> on the table because it's in those little um, uh-huh. plastic squeeze bottles, the yellow ones. It's but like it's what butter. you see like in a uh, in a cartoon. Yes. Yeah. And it's straight liquid butter, and it is <laughs> unbelievable. Squeeze that on top. Mm-hmm. Cholesterol through the roof. Yes. You're set, baby. And it's- Cisco's. It, how how old is that building? It's been over there on East on East Sixth Street. Yep. For like a hundred years, nearly, so, or something like that. Nineteen fourteen. I actually I posted about this on Instagram last week. Um, th- because it's so old, the dates are kind of wishy washy. But uh, we've seen bricks as old as nineteen oh one. Wow. But nineteen fourteen is the erected date, essentially that, okay. that I found. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's been it's it's been an Austin institution for certainly as long as I've been here, which is 2005. Yep. It's kind of grown up with the East Side, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a, a nice little slice of of real old Austin in an area that's now very hot and very trendy. Uh, about a year ago, you opened up Dinner. Cisco's right. mo- largely most famous for being a breakfast spot. Correct. Now you serve Dinner, too. Yep. So it was literally 67 years of 7 a.m. until 2.30. Uh, and part of us taking it over was, obviously, we had to keep that foundation that's always been there because it needs that uh, old Austin kind of operation. But, you know, this this crazy idea of, how do we how do we uh, make more money? Right. Yeah. It's like, wow. Let's <laughs> let's open for dinner. Uh, so that that happened about yeah about a year ago, and uh, it's definitely growing, and it's it's a revenue stream that you know we're glad to have. But uh, I always kind of use the reference of another kind of famous place in Austin. Um, I, I would be scared to take over a restaurant that's just booming day in and day out because how do you squeeze more margins and money out of it? But yeah, fortunately, when you walk into something that's only only open until two thirty, it's it's pretty obvious that you have some expansion opportunity. I think a, a lot of people that, you know, have watched a restaurant show or paid attention to to, to restaurateurs in general or, or listened to podcasts or, or done any any type of research into it, they say that in the restaurant business, the margins are like razor thin. Is that what you've experienced so far? So we're pretty fortunate that our products that we serve really cross over, right? So we're not like, you go into fine dining, which they definitely have thinner margins, mm-hmm. um, but they're making their money on bottles of wine and, right. and booze, et cetera. Uh, for us, I mean, we have a, a very healthy margin, but because we've been so breakfast-driven, eggs go in a lot of things. Yeah. And so we're able to you know, kind of cross-use a lot of our product. Economies of scale there on the eggs. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it works for us, and we do have, I'd say, a pretty for a restaurant, a pretty good margin. Uh, our, our best-selling product, coincidentally, is one of our lower-margin items. Yeah. Um, you know, in a weekend, we can move thousands of eggs. Uh, but Migas are, like, kind of our staple product, and yeah. there's a lot of ingredients in that. So um, still a good moneymaker, but it's not, you know, it's not coffee or tea, which is just printing you money. If not for the family relation and history in this business, is, like, is owning a restaurant something that was was interesting to you without that piece of the puzzle without that element of of tie i don't think i could have done it just because it is such it's such a risk man i mean how often do you see things hit or they don't yeah and in part of us taking this over i was like okay there's that history and it's been going for that many years and i don't think i'm the smartest guy in the world but I, i think i'm smart enough to make it work a little better than it has the last 25 years yeah um due to social media and just general marketing so absolutely i mean i i wanted to do it with the tie without the tie i think i would have had to probably be sitting on a good amount of cash to just kind of throw it in for a fun project right right, right. yeah what's your what is your like what's your day-to-day around the restaurant currently like how like how much you know, how hands-on are you? Do you have to be there every single day or, or most days of the week? What's what's going on there? So we're fortunate to uh, – my partnership, I've got a, a partner who's a bar restaurant uh, guy and another guy who's kind of real estate tied. And so we all have kind of day-to-day gigs, and we have a GM who's, who's really great and, and very knowledgeable in the, in the industry. Um, so we each kind of carved out our own little niche in what we do. So I handle – you know general marketing, um, any kind of expansion type stuff. So marketing, advertising, social media. Mm-hmm. Um, today I was there meeting with this kind of larger influencer in Austin. So I'm kind of business development, marketing, et cetera. Uh, got somebody who handles finance, et cetera. So day-to-day, no, I don't have to be there. Um, we have partner meetings weekly that we either meet or call into. But uh, fortunately, we, we have some good help at the restaurant and Honestly, our staff, a lot of them have been there since I was born. Yeah. <laughs> so they haven't screwed it up yet. They're, we're, we're pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. It's, it's nice to like not have to do everything yourself. And, and like you said, you've got kind of an ownership group there with you to, right. to kind of split up the duties. Um, would you ever consider expanding Cisco's? Yes. Like, so, and, and I mean the brand itself. Like, would you open another location? Totally. So I think, I think there's a big void in a lot of places for what we've done. Um, 
so for instance, Nashville, I've got, you went to high school with him, Ian Navarro, right? Mm -hmm. A buddy who lives there and he's like, man, there's literally not. We need a Cisco's. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, he's, he's from Houston as you are obviously. Yeah. And, um, he, he's mentioned wanting to open a breakfast Tex-Mex type spot. And I feel like we've got that brand to where obviously people in Nashville wouldn't be like, oh, Cisco as we know it. But I believe we've got a good story and a good PR pitch behind it that totally. could allow us to make that move. It's not on the immediate horizon. Um, immediate expansion would be we're, we're kind of looking into the, the MLS stadium. Um, oh, nice. Airport type stuff. We've, we've talked to those guys and mm -hmm. obviously – Fortunately, due to the legacy, we kind of have a leg up on some people. Um, those not familiar with the Austin area, Georgetown's kind of a suburb right outside, 25 minutes from us. Um, I think there's some cool old historic building type stuff mm -hmm. over there that would be really cool mm -hmm. for us. I'm not I'm not like a new suburb kind of guy that I would just go put it in a strip center because I don't yeah. think that fits the vibe. But absolutely, if we could find some historic building and really – do that brand centric type growth, I would, I would love to. Yeah. You mentioned some of the marketing stuff that, that you've kind of been spearheading. You added uh, Cisco's merchandise. We did. Yep. That seems to have, that, that seems to have been like a really big positive as far as just like, I mean, it's Cisco's was, was certainly, you know, iconic and, and well-known throughout the city, but now like having that merch spread around and like you out of towners can buy it right. if they're visiting and then like cool locals in the know are wearing the hats, yep. wearing the tees. Like that's been, that's been pretty cool. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've actually had a buddy, um, call me from, from New York and he was in Brooklyn. He's like, man, I just saw a guy wearing a Cisco's hat. Yeah. And <laughs> you, that's the, the exposure like that is, is really totally. Cool. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, that's, that's been a really big lesson is, um, allow people to, to market for you, obviously. Yeah. And, one thing I've really learned is is those partnerships, like like Yeti, right? Um, part of becoming a new employee of Yeti, their onboarding is there's a monthly Cisco's lunch, and so like you have to go. Um, so I, I've established good rapport with Yeti, and we're now doing like kind of Rambler products and stuff with mm -hmm. them. That I I want to do kind of one off releases, um, just so that people that are really diehards buy into it, and you can't just walk into the restaurant and get it. So yeah, I mean the the marketing aspect of, of merch has been huge for us but i want to keep it evolving and make sure that we're not just kind of releasing the same products over and over yeah um well we've we've kind of touched on and you've you've alluded to some of the the, the influencer market marketing mm -hmm. type stuff which i'm sure that you've been dealing with as well but uh but before we do that i did want to just mention uh, remind me again was was it a full bar when you first took over or did you guys recently add the alcohol yep. margarita sales that's that type so of stuff. So when we took it over another you know crazy inventive idea was to add a liquor license. <laughs> yeah. So um historically my grandfather very long story short um he kind of had this pass by the city cuz he was a very well-known connected guy. He took care of everyone and the cops really just kind of looked the other way with him serving booze. Mm -hmm. So um you know in, in 2017 when we bought it you can't really just look the other way anymore. Right. Yeah, so yeah. We, we formally obviously got that liquor license. Um, Which is notoriously hard to get, right? That is a difficult thing to kind of There's liability. Do. You know, there's a lot of a lot of things that go into it. Um, I think, fortunately, our, our history really helped us. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, and then we built out a full bar in the restaurant, which was kind of just utilizing some dead space. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, the, the, the bar is really cool. We've been to, Phil and I have both been to <clears throat> events there. Yeah. And it's a nice little kind of the first thing that you see when you walk in. Yep. It's been really just kind of cool to see the the, in, this, in, the minor tweaks that you've made to something historical to kind of bring it into 2000 and, and the 2000 teens. Right. Um, and one thing we did with that bar is, is because of, you know, the history, we made sure that the, the preservation piece was there. So um, when you walk in the restaurant, this thematics of tiles that are orange and blue and red and white and yellow, we took those and literally – had uh, our contractor cut out tile by tile to match uh, what the walls were for the mm -hmm. bar. So if you've walked in uh, and, and been there 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you're going to think that bar maybe was there. Yeah, you're gonna... you cannot tell it's a new addition. Right. So <laughs> yeah. you're going to look back and say, I, I swear that wasn't there, but it has to be because it looks like it was. That's what's so great about the entire restaurant. You know, the food, of course, is, is excellent, but the, the vibe, like nowadays, I, I mean, I hate to sound like some, like, 
like I've been here for, I'm not a, an Austinite, but I, I long for like old Austin things. Right. When, and that's what the Cisco's did. They kept it original. Yeah. When you're in Cisco's, it you feel like you're in old Austin, yeah. basically. And it was in and, and part of its history is that I mean, there's pictures of famous people and yep. and especially like Austin regulars like all over the wall. Totally. But it, it was known for I mean, that's where like the the big wig politicos had mm-hmm. breakfast meetings mm-hmm. and like did handshake deals and, and all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff like that as well. And you can feel that when you're in there and, and it's just kind of it's cool to it's cool to to, to catch that vibe. Yeah, and I like to brag about, um, honestly, not as much as the uh, the president being in there, sitting next to Coach Royal, uh, former UT football coach, but that person, Coach Royal, sitting next to a construction worker, sitting next to a teacher. Um, it was a place anybody could go and, and not get bothered and be equal. So right, that's kind right. of the, the cool aspect mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. still is. Correct. Uh, you're, you're right there on the, on the east side next to a lot of bars. Yep. And so I also just wanted to – I feel like everybody at some point in their life has a – like the idea like, you know what we should do? We should open we a bar. We should open a bar. <laughs> we know lots of people. All our yeah. friends would go. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, not not really having anything to do with Cisco's, I just wanted to hear what y'all's – like if you ever had like in high school or college or yeah. at any point in time where you ever like, I've got this great idea for a bar. The, yeah, so <laughs> this isn't my idea, but uh, some of my roommates, um, th- for their senior project in one of their marketing classes, they started a fake bar, and it actually came to fruition. They didn't. They didn't. It, somebody like so in San Marcos, there's a bar now called Rooftop. Yep, that was their idea. They wanted a rooftop bar. Wait, and rooftop like rooftop? Right. Yeah, that rooftop. That ro- the rooftop I mean, not that's all, the, the one that's also on Dirty Sixth. Yep. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because in San Marcos, and still today, I think that bar is the only one with any sort of like elevated rooftop uh, deck of any sort. And that was their pitch. It's like, if we can get a rooftop, people will come. I- I'm I'm a sucker for a rooftop. Yep. So that, <laughs> That's not my idea, though. So your idea, you're, you're the, the, but the one that you're pitching is just a bar with a rooftop. Well, it would be nice. No, this is my idea. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. Nobody's <laughs> doing that. Um I have I don't really have I have concepts that I really enjoy. They're not original ideas. They're just bars that I really, really love. Okay, well let me pitch you on mine. Okay. All right. If it, it it really it needs to be on West Sixth. And it does not open until ten PM. Okay. And but always just kind of around the door are kind of like some pink and purple light and yellow neon lights and then and there's like a there's like a smoke machine that just kind of (laughs) like wow (laughs) once every once every 10 20 minutes it just kind of like does a puff of smoke so it looks very you know kind of crazy and the door is big and glossy and it's and it's white Uh or silver okay and then when the bar opens it opens like a gull wing car door Uh and this bar is called the delorean room Uh uh-huh like it, yeah, and I have you to, have thought about this. I, well, and I also have to give give a shout to uh, to my buddy Zach Crane because this was like our college bar idea, basically. You're looking for investors, <laughs> maybe. I'm in. <laughs> uh, anyways, the it would be like a cross between '80s vibe and modern vibe. So the music would kind of like go back and forth between like, you know awesome 80s music and then we'd mix in some some modern mm-hmm. some hip-hop and top 40 but there'd be like a lot of chrome a lot of white a lot of neon just like i, I want it to be a bar basically that could be in the video game grand theft auto vice city uh-huh so yeah. i'm getting um for those who've ever been to aspen humble brag uh <laughs> escobar yeah yeah so uh-huh. the 80s aspect of that is what immediately kind of yeah reminded yeah. Me of it. yeah so escobar used to be it used to be called something different, and I cannot remember. And humble brag, when I was in Aspen over the summer, like, I don't know, 12 years ago or something crazy like that, it was like the inside of an airplane. Yep, so cool. Was the bar. So cool. And it, it the, its name was like a more of a play on the on the airplane. Right, right, right. I can't remember. But it was very it was very she-she. It was yes. very swanky. Uh, one of the cooler bars I've, Great bar. I've been in. Yeah, yeah. How much are drinks in Aspen? Like what you'd expect, yeah. yeah. Like twelve or thirteen dollars oh, for like really? a vodka tonic. Honestly, I when when nine for that's a like year. Austin price. I went a couple years ago. Nine. I I thought that the the lodging was the only thing that was abnormally really expensive compared to Austin. Yeah, but everything I mean, else. I mean, restaurants are all pretty pricey there too. 
Yeah, but I feel like Austin, if you're going out downtown, you're gonna spend a hundred bucks. It's on a remarkable. Meal. Yeah, but so, I think you're spending like one fifty in Aspen. Maybe so. Easy. Maybe you're just there and you kind of take that filter of money off because you know you're spending. That, yeah, and like every meal is like kind of like a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not like oh we don't need appetizers. Right. You're like yeah of course bring me the truffle yeah. fries. Like, totally. The whole thing. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. Well, next uh, I'm gonna ask you a little bit about the influencer stuff. Then we're gonna lead that into kind of a broader discussion about choosing restaurants. Uh, when we're out of town, when we're going to places like Aspen. But first, let's take a minute here from a sponsor. Hey, red, white, and snooze your way through the summer with Lisa Mattresses. Wow, that's good. That's right. That's right. It's the 4th of July next weekend, in case, you, uh, in case you didn't catch that. It's your last chance to shop Lisa's 4th of July mattress sale. Save today. Snooze tonight with Lisa Mattress. Trust us, you do not want to miss this sale. You're going to get better rest on Lisa's award-winning mattresses. There's the all-foam Lisa mattress, made with premium, exclusive foam for comfort and support. And then there's the one that I sleep on, the Lisa Hybrid mattress, formerly known as the Sapira. That features premium foam and individually wrapped springs for a uh, for a very enhanced sleep experience. Matt, you just moved into a new house as well. Yep. I hope you just stocked that thing up with Lisa mattresses. Otherwise, you're doing it wrong. I'm decked in Lisa. <laughs> my, my guests love it. I love it. Lisa's, I, I could not speak higher about a mattress. Lisa's got your back, too. These things are backed by a 100-night in-home trial. There's no risk here. If you don't like it, they will come right to your door, basically, and just, like, drag the thing out of your house. Uh, Lisa mattresses are proudly made in the USA. You know, red, white, and blue, baby, 4th mm-hmm. of July. Here we go. Ordering your Lisa mattress is easy and stress-free. Order online, and your new mattress will be delivered to your front door in a box. Then you just un- Then you just unwrap it and watch your new mattress come to life. For a limited time... Club Cool listeners get 15% off mattresses, plus plus two free pillows with any mattress purchase while supplies last. No, you are not dreaming yet. It is your last chance to shop this sale. So go to lisa.com, shop their sleep products, and start getting your best rest. lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A.com. Save today. Snooze tonight. All right, we're back. I want to talk about uh, about the influencer game, how that affects the restaurant business, and in turn, how things like Yelp kind of factor in as well. Mm-hmm. So first, let's talk about uh, – you and I both have pretty close relationships with a couple of local Austin food bloggers. Yep. Um, Alex Rychek of Checkmark, e- mm-hmm. of Checkmark Eats and Natalie Paramore, who I think is just at Natalie Paramore Correct. on social media. Um, they're both really good at what they do, and, and you know, I, I love – seeing their stuff on the social media what is it like to do you feel obligated to kind of like play into that at this point i mean absolutely it's it's something that they should be getting paid for what they're doing because you know they're essentially micro influencers so if they're going to come in you're you're eating for free you're drinking for free like i appreciate assuming that they're truly passionate about what they're doing and they like our food then absolutely um how, how does that work if you know if if they are not some huge brand that that is getting paid for like the review type stuff like do they contact you do you contact them do you kind of just work something out and you know when they're going to come in so yeah you, so you can take care of them basically it's kind of a mix so for instance i had lunch today with um with rachel holton right she's austin food instagram she's got 84,000 followers. Okay. So with her, it's cool because she does absolutely monetize her following. But what she said really stuck with me is that she likes to go to places like Cisco's that she feels comfortable going to and supporting local people that she doesn't have to charge. So when she's doing a national campaign, absolutely. You know, you've got when you're dealing with making up an example, Walmart, Walmart has that budget to then go hit those influencers. Right. She goes to us knowing that she can feel like an Austinite, do the right thing and help us out. And in turn, I mean, I'm going to obviously take care of her and, and do all I can to make her feel you know, happy to be there. Yeah. Is, and this has kind of been one of the pieces where you're where where you've really kind of like stepped it up. Right. Like right. Gotten Cisco's more out in the, the social media realm and like on Instagram. And yeah. And, and to answer your, your previous question as well. I reached out when we took it over and I did the social media game. I mean, I reached out to all of them and just blanket invite. Hey guys, like meal on us would love for you to come in. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
the kind of rule of thumb is you don't expect anything out of it. If they want to post, then awesome. But if they don't, then that's cool. They, they'll tell somebody about it, whatever. But there's a large gain in them just being in there because they have a lot of followers. Yeah. Have you ever had have you ever had a negative experience where and you don't have to name names here. But, no, although, name names. Although you can if you want to. But like it, somebody, you know, hits you up and is like, "Hey, I want to come in and review the restaurant or post about the restaurant, but I need this 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 and this." Like a rider. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we haven't had a negative experience as much as it gets awkward when somebody with like, you know, 500 followers and, and <laughs> they're like, "Hey guys, we're so and so." Um I had somebody not too long ago reach out, and they're like, "Hey, we're doing this this brunch review. We'd love to include you." And they sent it to me, and um, it just it was in just like a Microsoft Word font, and it was just a, a long list rather mm-hmm. than pictures and something that I could have done pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of make those judgment calls as as who do you actually kind of repost and and give credit to, et cetera. But I mean, all in all. I don't care if you have 50 followers or 50,000 an impressions and impressions. So we're just, we're just glad you're there. Right. Yeah. I mean, what this basically always plays into is that word of mouth is the best possible, you know, advertising. It's, right. it's, it's the thing that works the best and that people really listen to is like, Hey, you're going to be in this city. Here's where you should go. Exactly. So that's, and that's kind of what it's, what it's like. And I think it's been an, I think it's an overall plus for the restaurant industry definitely to have these kind of influencers and micro influencers um since being featured more often and and kind of getting yourself out there are people standing on chairs to take pictures of food when they're at cisco's now oh man yes um (laughs) fucking a you have to have so much um or such a lack of like self-awareness or just a ton yeah lack of no shame. shame Oh man, like I, I I would love to to be paid to go to restaurants and to travel and to do all that, but when it comes to taking the photos in the middle of the restaurant, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. So I, I've, I, I've I probably mean, I don't do it, but it's tough to imagine. I would say not patting myself on the back, but I'd say I'm a little bit different of a restaurant owner in the sense that most probably just say like, "Cool, go in and like, you know, we'll have a gift card for you, whatever." I actually like to try to eat lunch or have a drink with the people going in, yeah. so we establish a rapport mm-hmm. and. That's just kind of how I am. But um, there's always that awkward moment to where they pull out their phone when the food gets there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like half of them will be like, oh, so I'm going to take pictures. And you kind of just, you know, pull your phone out or whatever and check your email. But then the other half is just like it just happens and they're doing it. And you're just sitting there like deadlocked in the eyes like, <laughs> oh, man, this is awkward. And you're, yeah. you're appreciating it, obviously, because yeah. they're, they're – I mean, and if they're look, if, if some people are good at taking those photos, mm-hmm. I, I can tell you just from personal experience, like whipping your phone out and just like snapping a photo of your chest, the f- pictures don't look good. It requires a lot more effort than that. You right. really yeah. do need like somebody to, else to pull out their phone and like shine a light on it, and then you have to get on the chair uh, and like you know undo the blinds no. so that some of the natural light gets in. Like, <laughs> yep. there's so many factors that go into actually making a food picture look good. It's the portrait mode. It's the what really frustrates me is the, the eight foot. Um, oh, that you got oh, yeah. to get to get that portrait. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can't just fix that. you can't just bow out your uh, your shoulders and nobody see that you're taking yeah. it. Yeah. Chest. yeah. So yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I appreciate anybody who comes in and wants to post pictures, but obviously the the ounce of awkwardness in them doing that is when the food comes out and it's like, mm. ooh, let's let's pull the camera out. Let's pull the camera out. It's part of the job. Yeah. So okay, yeah. So the influencers, it works. I, I like to follow some of the Austin ones. It's very helpful. They 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 do actually some of them. The the good ones do a good job of kind of introducing you to new stuff that's right. in your own city that you may not have heard about otherwise. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, on the opposite side of the coin, give me some thoughts about Yelp. How does that play into running a restaurant and trying to you know trying to manage that? So I will say Yelp has its its advantages um it's a platform that obviously a lot of people have the application and and can search but i think all in all my experience with yelp has not been the best Uh, we took the restaurant over you know a little over two years ago and we inherited some bad reviews and so i reached out to yelp and honestly i i spent some ad dollars with yelp because i thought they were going to help me (laughs) On the back end. Clean some of that up. Right. Like clean like some nine-year-old reviews up exactly. or something. Exactly, you know, and stuff that I'm like, look, these aren't indicative of 
the new operators. Right. Yeah. And I was even to the point to where like, you can wipe the good ones too. We can start fresh, whatever it is. Uh, I think Yelp is a little archaic in the sense that people now use it as not a way to praise as much as they do a way to complain to about complain, yeah. any little thing. Like one, for instance, um, you know, in Austin, we claim we, we always complain about like Californians coming in or mm-hmm. you know, whoever there was this, this lady who came in, she was either from California or New York and she left a review saying that um, she just moved here. She tried Cisco's cause it's, you know, famous and, we don't have cilantro with some soup that she wanted. <laughs> and, like, we've never even served this soup nor cilantro. And so the review was, then I came back two weeks later and they still didn't have it. <laughs> and so like, imagine going to a burger spot and being like, they don't have a fried chicken sandwich. Like, yeah, there's yeah. no obligation for them to provide that. And you're now lessening our credibility because of something that you wanted that we don't have. Right. So I feel like... You know, I think we've all probably seen that that South Park episode where people come yes. in and oh god, it's so um, good. So uh, it's it's one of those things that honestly, on if you just Google us, our our Google review and I think Facebook review are four point six out of five, mm-hmm. but we're literally like a mid threes on Yelp because of it being such a complanatory type outlet. So I have essentially I, I do not leave reviews on Yelp. Mm-hmm. What I've started doing more is. Um, like, and this this usually only applies if I've used Resi or OpenTable to book a restaurant. Right. But they'll send you an email after mm-hmm. you dine somewhere, and it's like, hey, how was your experience? And good or bad, I usually try to take a minute to like give an honest review via those platforms. Sure. So you kind of mentioned Yelp being archaic. Mm-hmm. I almost, to me, Yelp is almost, and you you also mentioned like old reviews. My best my best comparison is Yelp is like that email address that you let get out of hand and now it's just nothing but like 47,000 spam emails right. and you're just like slowly backing away and yeah. you're just like I'm going to change my email address and just, you know, pretend that this one doesn't exist. Right. Like it's almost impossible to use Yelp. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more and uh we'll we'll hear uh we'll hear about Phil's uh trip to Mexico as well and 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 how the influencing and the yelping and the and the resing and the open table and all that applies to us when we travel. But first, let's take one more quick break. And hear from a sponsor. Hey, let's talk about Bomba's socks. How often do you think about your socks? If you're not thinking about them, you should be, because Bombas are awesome. They're the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They're made from super soft, natural cotton, and every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. As a guy wearing sneakers almost every single day, I cannot emphasize how important the thickness of a sock is. You wouldn't think about it, but you got to have that perfect medium medium thickness that's comfortable but not too thin but not too thick. Makes your foot sweat too much. Bombas has nailed this. They have so many colors, patterns, lengths. They've got the coveted quarter sock. Not easy to find. Not easy to find. Bombas has it. A lot of different styles. They look great in the gym. You can wear them to the office, even out on the town, just going about your day, going to Cisco's in here in Austin, Texas. Bombas are what feet daydream about. And... For every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. You know Club Cool loves companies that give back, and Bombas does. You can buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash cool today. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash cool. You will get 20% off your purchase. Bombas.com slash cool. All right, and we're back for our final segment I want to talk about how this this yelping and the the influencing. How do we, you know, as a group here sitting around this table, how do we choose the places that we go now when we're traveling? So, Phil, let's uh, let's hear a little bit about your uh, about your trip. Yeah, where, where tell us where exactly you went? Did you go to Mexico City? We went to Mexico City, specifically okay. the Roma neighborhood Ooh. area. Sounds spicy. Ooh, it was. Did you watch Roma on Netflix before mm, going? Negative. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't do your homework? Not not in that regard, no. We were more concerned with the restaurants. <laughs> so, okay, how did you know that you wanted to go to Mexico City? What you just you'd seen stuff it's a hot spot right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. to be honest, since we're talking about influencers and yeah. Instagram and social media, uh, it's all over Instagram and social yeah. media and 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 you know, that's the day and age that we live in where, you know, as um as a consumer of all that, 
uh, it looked nice. And yep. I'd heard a lot of things. I did a little bit of research. I mean, I'm not going to go to a destination based off of one Instagram post. It's also very close to home. It's very close to home. Uh, a lot of things played into why we chose Mexico City. But it, it's it's in the it, it's in the zeitgeist right now. It it's is. a hot spot. You saw it. Yep. It looked cool. Uh-huh. You wanted to go. Right. Not overdone. Right. And that and I can testify to that. We I thought for sure when we were there we'd be like one of like a million Americans in this area. I think we saw like maybe six other Americans that's the whole awesome. time. Yeah. That's it was cool. great. Um, and yeah, we we relied heavily on. You know, to, uh, back to Yelp, never did I look at Yelp. I mean, I would Google a lot, and then mostly the great thing that I have found with social media and with influencers is that you can see in real time how things are going at these places that they're at, and it's not doctored as much, especially mm-hmm. with stories nowadays. Right, and then you can click on a geotag, like see the right. people that have been at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Do you see live stories there even? Yeah. Photos, all that type of stuff. It gives you a better feel for what you're in for. Yeah. Um, and so we did a lot of that. And now, what one thing that is really cool is Bon Appetit has has now released a a ton of city guides. Okay. And those are, you know, not ex- too in depth. They're like very brief. Um, great photos and tells you. you is know, that what, online? Yeah. Okay. So they can. Th- the thing about the city guides is, it, with at least with print. They're not updated often enough. Basically. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, so that was huge um, for us to to have like recent posts. Yeah. To to reference. Okay. And um, we had made up our mind because Mexico City is so massive. Right. That we weren't going to like be gallivanting across the city. Every right. Day. So we we kind of stayed in that area, um, which made it a lot easier to to kind of hone in on the restaurants that we wanted to try out. So you the, the, you there was one restaurant. It kind of seemed like it maybe was your big night. Yeah. What what was the restaurant? So that that was Pujol. P u j o l. And did you get there? Like, did you find that because of some of the the posts that you'd seen on Instagram? No, the, there he was actually on Chef's Table. Okay. So um, I think it's a Michelin star restaurant. I don't know, um, but. It sounded really, really familiar I, when you yeah. when you started posting from there. I was like, "Oh man, I think I, I think I've heard of this." It place. was incredible. Yeah, it was it was the one thing that we did there that was expensive. Mexico City and Mexico in general, by the way, is ultra cheap. I was telling Matt on the way over here that our Uber from the airport, which to the Airbnb was like thirty five forty minutes, five bucks. <laughs> I'll take two. Was that a, was that on the Uber app? Yeah. But it, like in pesos? I in guess? pesos. It converts to like $5 and change. Yeah. God. Incredible. Wow. Pool hole was incredible though. Um, from everything from, you know, obviously the food, mm-hmm. but just the experience. The It's it's set in a restaurant that is like a mid-century modern home. I don't know if it was at one point or not, but it's in a really nice area of Mexico City. Um, the people that are there taking care of you are very engaging. Uh, we did a tasting menu of... 10 courses of different tacos. Wow. Uh, so it was unique. Everything about it was incredible. The food especially was a highlight, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that restaurant and all the other restaurants that we went to. Also. And so how did you choose others? You said you did not look at Yelp at all. Never. Yeah. We just went off of um, – so one of the influencers that – I don't think she's an influencer really, but she's turned into one because of her title. She's a senior associate food editor. At Bon Appetit. Okay, okay. Molly Baz, B-A-Z. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley and I both follow her, and she recently went to Mexico City. And, of course, all they're doing is finding restaurants. Yes, yeah. So she was a good source. Um, and like I said, since we were deciding to stay in that one area, there's a ton of restaurants, but there's, all, there's you know, a handful of restaurants that, you know, are frequent in a lot and, and do, like, a different – yeah. take on a lot of different things you know it's what's interesting that just kind of occurred to me is cities have tourism budgets so mm-hmm. literally mexico city could spend five million dollars and allocate that toward influencers uh, that would be wise to absolutely draw you there absolutely <laughs> and so now i want to go to mexico city. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great uh and one thing that i didn't really count on is the altitude it's like 7400 feet okay so you're getting uh, lit yeah. <laughs> and that mezcal, it, it, oh, hits, dude, it hits different it hits. down there. Yeah. Uh, but we enjoyed the hell out of it. The Airbnb was superb. Uh, I can't say enough about the city in general, but Roma specifically 
since we spent so much time there, uh, I would have all the neighborhoods, and we walked through a few. It, it's got a lot to offer. Yeah. Um, so I was just recently in Charleston mm-hmm. as well, and that that trip also was revolving mainly around the different restaurants that I wanted to go to. Um, my pr- primary tool there was Eater. I used uh-huh. the yeah. Eater website. And not only do I, I – I generally think – and, you know, my kind of barometer here is is how I feel about Eater's Austin rankings and, like, what they put on, like, their Essential 38 or their heat map or their, Makes you know, sense. whatever. Like, and if I kind of – if I'm agreeing with Austin Eater, then, like, I feel comfortable using it yeah. in another city. Um, I, I, w- I will just say I, I'm not sure that – I feel like Charleston is – and maybe I'm just spoiled by Austin here, but it wasn't – it didn't quite live up to its hype as, like, a food city. Like, Austin mm-hmm. is definitely a better, superior food wow. city. I think it's more, in my experience, like, steak-type stuff, like heavier southerny kind of meals, whereas sure. Austin, the range is so much bigger. And the yeah. seafood options there, I think, yes. are way better yeah. than Austin. Yeah, and I mean, I, like – and. Just off the top of my head, like some of the things that stood out were it was all seafood mm-hmm. that stood out, like scallops, raw oysters, and a fish dish from Fig. And I'm a Fig, which is like a very well known restaurant in Charleston, is that King Street. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah, was very good. It's just it was it had come so highly rated yeah, and recommended right. yeah. that I kind of expected to have my socks knocked off. Yep, and Your it bombas. was and it, yeah, my bombas knocked <laughs> off. <laughs> Bombas.com slash cool, and uh, and it was just like. You know, very good. Right. So I I don't want to I'm I don't want to salt the city too much because it, it was a lot of fun uh, and I, and I enjoyed all the places that we went. It, it just like I had kind of I went in reading about all this stuff on Eater like right. about how good everything was and then I was like, well, you know, home's kind of better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, but yeah, did I, I not really like. I definitely didn't read any Yelp reviews. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll look at like what the overall rating is, but even then I take I I just I know how it goes. Right. I know that somebody has a bad experience and posts about it and somebody has a great experience and doesn't. Yeah. And so you have to take it with yeah. just a total grain of salt. Mary T didn't get enough ranch. <laughs> yeah. So knocked it to two stars. <laughs> yeah. Um got to load up on the ranch. Yep. But uh, but yeah, and then I you know a lot of people are familiar with the Carolinas that that listen to the podcast or that listen to Oyster Slams and Hockles, mm-hmm. so I I got some good recommendations and that were word of mouth basically. And I well. take that back what I said about Yelp not looking at it. I looked at it once for a this of all things uh, real high end Italian restaurant mm. in Mexico City that we went to our last night. It was like a stone throw from the Airbnb. They had several negative reviews about some shit that occurred there, and. I was thinking to myself, like, before I booked it, I was like, you know, this is quite a bit of negativity, but I was like, there's there's no way. Right, yeah. There's yeah. no, And I was right. Yeah. It was incredible. Yes. And the food was outstanding, the service, everything. I think that some people just get in the moment, whip out their phone, and start typing. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. I, I think, though... There's there's not a worse feeling than when you're like should I eat here or there? Yeah. And when you book that reservation the whole time you're just nervous. It's yeah. like, damn it, should I have gone with yeah. wherever else instead? Yes. Yeah. I'm big to kind of chime in on this. I'm big on just word of mouth friend reviews. Like if I'm going to Mexico City, I'm not gonna not partially because I'm lazy, but I'm gonna call you instead and just right. say what did you like or not like. Right. Yeah. Um. You can research all day, but. Certain people have certain palates, and you just trust that compared to some blogger that maybe just likes steak rather than right. lobster sure. or whatever. You got any trips coming up, Matt? You going anywhere this summer? I you been, just, did you just get back from anywhere? I just got back from Hawaii, actually. Oh, I nice. was there for, for eight days. Eight days in Hawaii? Yeah. God, look at this guy living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The dream. J-K-L-I-V-I-N. S- Southwest, by the way. Is Southwest Airlines. That That's a new yep. fl- flight path. How was that? Please tell me it how that was. Great. Literally could not have complained about one thing. Was it all right? Is it a standard seven thirty seven? Like no, it's a it's a bigger girl. It's a big girl. Um, Got to be. I don't think those seven thirty those domestic seven thirty sevens can't can't go that far. Well, if you think about it, the flights the same if not a little shorter than like mm-hmm. Las Vegas to New York, which I've done. Because yeah, where were you flying out of? California. Uh, Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. So the only downside of Southwest is there's no like there's no plugs. So you can't oh, plug your whatever. laptop in or yeah. that's it. Yeah. But besides that, so I'd never experienced this on on Southwest before. 
they gave you like a full box of food. Nice. So and and I've humble brag. Uh, I've got a companion pass, so my wife oh. flew for free with me. So we went to Hawaii for like six fifty for the two of us. So that's incredible. I mean, you're flying out of Oakland. It's it's under five hours, mm-hmm. four and a half maybe. Oh, that okay. It's not. I mean, it's not too bad. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, that's that's great. That's nice. And, and we, so, what? Where would you? Uh, did you go to Maui? Did you go to the? We went to Maui. We did night one in San Francisco, so we got to go into the city and, and eat some good food there. Okay. And then next morning, fly out to Maui. Um, a lot of good food. Actually, the one of the better meals. Um, we did this. It's called a Maui steam pot. And so a guy, a guy in the airport recommended it to us, and obviously the fish there is very fresh. So you go buy the steam pot. I think this fed eight to ten people, and it's lobster, shrimp. There's andouille sausage, um, whole nine. And you literally throw it on your stove half an hour. When it starts steaming, you're good to go. You pour it all out in this tray they give you, and you've got, like, day of seafood. It's incredible. Wow. Okay. That's a great idea. And so did you did you were you able to get like word of mouth and friend recommendations for pretty much everything that you did or did you have to go through one of these other avenues to kind of like explore some of your options? Yeah, so shouts to uh Teresa my my hair cutter Mr. 512. Uh <laughs> she and her husband go like twice a year for okay. the last seems like 4 or 5 years. I mean, I could literally say, "Hey, where do I eat a mayonnaise sandwich if I wanted it?" and she'd be like, "Oh, you go to so and so on the corner." <laughs> like she had it down pat. So we I went with with my in laws and brother in law and um, we each kind of were assigned our our days that we got to pick what we wanted to go eat for lunch or dinner, so we picked our two spots and okay. you know each of us kind of traded off. But um, Mama's Fish House is like this famous place that it's a view, but it's also just this mm-hmm. really elaborate you know lunch or dinner. And um, we kind of went off of that. I mean, I'm a big word of mouth person. I'll overthink reviews. Yeah, and so to the point to where like it just kills me, and I'm I'm judging every single thing that happens. We, we, I have talked on this podcast about how I I like I basically get that same type of stage fright trying to pick anything off of Amazon. Oh yeah, because I'll <laughs> I'll be like, okay, this yeah. one sounds good, this one sounds good, this one sounds good. No, no, bad review, bad review. Yeah. And then so I go to the next one, but inevitably they all have some type of bad review, and I'm like, they're all going to be dog shit, and yep. I can't like make up my my mind. And so you gotta like you you have to just kind of cut that out, and just, and and just pick something and go with it. And if so five thousand people gave it four plus stars, exactly it's, right. It's not bad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so I, yeah, but um, Yelp man, they 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 got to rebrand, don't they? You know, there's um, they got to do something different. There's a documentary, and I haven't watched it yet, but it's called Billion Dollar Bully mm. about Yelp, and. God, man, we're just totally shitting on Yelp yeah, now. <laughs> but um, no, I think a lot of people hate it because it's just it's they've they've monetized it to where they can be favorable to who they want or who they don't want. Um, yeah, that part's crazy. I don't really understand all, all it's, it's, when, um, whether like you know can you really like buy your way to s- success on Yelp? Essentially, what they do, I think yes and no. So like when I I think I spent a couple hundred bucks with them, um, and it literally is like this person called your restaurant because of Yelp. And I sat there literally in front of our phone. It did not ring. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're just like, they're plugging away, yeah. you know, utilizing your, your dollars saying that they're driving money to your business. And I, I don't truly believe it's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you gotta be careful out there. Yeah. With that stuff. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, for Yelp, the way that I typically use it more often now is just a, as a what's around me. Right, yes. exactly. It's great for the map. Same, I do the same. It's great That's, for the map. Yeah. Now, but I'm not going to a place that has like a, a half star. No, no, me either. You know. But you can then like cross-reference it through Google or whatever sure. else you want to. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck you, Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to sponsor this podcast. No, that's, that's, <laughs> I don't think they're into sure. the into the the podcast advertising just yet. Fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Fast forward three months. Yeah. Today's episode brought to you by Yelp. Check it out, man. It's the best place to, In which to case, get, to get this all your reviews. Episode never exists. Yeah. yeah. We'll I don't go uh, anywhere else for my reviews. <laughs> uh, any trips coming up for you guys? Just, no, uh, we're as, chilling as far man. as travel goes. No. Just chilling for the rest. Chilling I'm, like a villain. I'm mm-hmm. actually going to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in three weeks, we have some friends that live there. Um, 
I'm letting them pick the restaurants and all that. Yeah, because otherwise nice, I'll yeah. I'll spend too much time. That training. honestly, there. I mean, we, we've we're, we've kind of talked up word of mouth, but if if somebody's local that you know can really just kind of like right. be your guide, that's really best case scenario. Right, and I would you know say. one thing I've kind of started to do too is where I used to always want like I want the I'm there four nights I want the top four restaurants mm-hmm. every night. I'll pick my one and then go to like a brewery that has good food. Sure, yeah. And just yeah. kind of like make your one big night that that go to like that's the spot and yep. then otherwise like if a brewery or wherever you're talking about has really good stuff and like it's a good experience too. Yeah. Matt, where can our listeners uh follow your 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 Cisco's endeavors? So, on Instagram we are Cisco's Austin. Facebook, Cisco's Austin. Basically, if you search Cisco's Austin anywhere, you're going to find us. Yeah, go give them a follow and uh, definitely make sure to check out Cisco's if you find yourself in the Austin area. Please do. Phil? Um, Instagram. Hey, was it you, you when you went to Pool Hole? Yeah. You went with the Phil, with the Phil Fit, uh-huh. the F I L L Fit. That was, yes. That's your fit that we've talked about many mm-hmm. times. Right. It, were you not hot? No, that's the, the, the climate is very mild. It that's... never got above like 82. Okay, you're but almost that was, like that was a sweater. You were you were a sweater boy. I know. Trust me, I was fine. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you were worried. I, I was just, fine. You, I, I you you think Mexico? Mexico? No. Think and again. I see you in your all black getup. We your didn't black, have with AC. Your black cashmere on. They don't do AC there. Yeah. It's like a fucking mountain community. <laughs> it's like, okay. You don't think about it when you're when you're there. It's a temperate climate. But it's a temperate climate. Um, I mean, eighty five is very hot there. Yeah. Okay. And it didn't right. get there. All right. Well, where 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 can we where can we see oh, your, your um, escapades? Instagram.com. Instagram.com. At Pbatag. You can follow this podcast at Club Cool Pod on Instagram. Uh-huh. See what we're we're doing over there. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at Barrett Dudley. You guys have any Fourth of July plans before we go? We're paddleboarding actually. Paddleboarding. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, gonna get underneath those fireworks. Did you have to? Did you have to make a reservation for that? No. <laughs> we're gonna do. We're gonna bring our own. Smart. Uh, I'm gonna go to the lake. I think. Yeah, giddy up. All right, hot dogs or hamburgers? Hamburgers. Man, I go both. It's the Fourth of July. You got to be American. Got to do a little bit of both. You just eat the. I just recently found out that I'm that I do have the Friday off, so I might make Jello shots this year. Oh, Oh, hell yeah, baby! (laughs) Can I come over? Do you watch uh, Summer House? (laughs) No. Uh, What's Summer House? I've seen it. It's a reality show. No, they make Jello shots on there for their. um, I think it was a Fourth of July party. Okay. Yeah. You'd like it. It's a good show. All right. I'll have to check it out. Check yeah. out Summer House. <laughs> we will be back next week. Uh, yeah. Talking about uh, whatever we want to. There's been some fashion shows going on. So yeah, a lot we, of stuff. We might have to uh, address those next week. Okay. All right. We will see you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.